0: Wretched Radio begins in 3, 2, 1. Now I can preach it like this, okay? Repent! Or I can tell you, change your mind. Preaching repentance in the area of consciousness of sins is dishonoring the work of Jesus.
1: Repentance means you realize you're guilty, that you deserve the wrath and punishment of God. You begin to realize that sin is in you, and you turn your back on it in every shape and form. You renounce the world whatever the cost, and you deny yourself and take up the cross and go after
0: Christ. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. I'm gonna biff it. I just know it. It's the Wretched Radio Mail Call Delivery Bag Q&A Infotainment Nationwide Extravaganza featuring your voicemails, correspondences, you communications, memorandums, and misses.
2: Any special message for all the kids watching at home? What
0: we need
1: right now is a clear message to the people of this country.
2: You have
0: 1,200 messages. It is a bit above average. Now here's your host, Todd Freakishly Tall Friel. The mail is here! Ooh. Uh-huh. This is
2: wretched. Did I did there? (laughs) Name that singer, uh, handsome Jimmy Hicks. Oh, I didn't know. um, I have no clue. (laughs) I have no idea. (laughs) Because we're generous. Listen carefully. You know that voice like me. Meryl Streep,
1: silly rabbit. Mm. I gotta tell you, we've got a file filled with Amazing Grace. Big. Because who doesn't want to listen to Steven Tyler from Aerosmith singing Amazing <laughs> Grace? That's it. But my favorite, and I'm not kidding about this. I've got Yolanda Adams in here. I've got Mahalia Jackson. I've got Leanne Rhimes, the Irish tenors. Oh, man, don't forget about Elvis. Aretha Franklin. Chris Tomlin. But I got to tell you, there is just something about an African choir. I've always been attracted to African choirs. I think it is because the bass line plays a more prominent role. Usually that's just kind of the boom, boom, boom in the background in American choirs and music. But I think with if this is if this little snippet is accurate from the Soweto Gospel Choir little more prominent hey as long as I brought up the subject of amazing grace in Africa it is going nuts in Africa in a good way if you haven't seen this video for we played it on wretched TV it is of the tomorrow clubs Paul and Cindy Marty this this is they went to Eastern Europe specifically to Ukraine to figure out a way to get the gospel to people in Ukrainian villages because the Jehovah's Witnesses is were taking over and because Cindy was a former Jehovah's Witness. She just had a passion to see the true gospel go forth. They started up Tomorrow Clubs. They expanded from Ukraine, Moldova, Albania, et cetera, uh, like a couple thousand clubs. Recently, despite the health struggles that Cindy has, they decided, let's go to Africa. And it is crazy. There, we just—I just saw this video. It's—it's. They—they must have had a drone flying over a village. And if you—if th- in your mind, just draw this picture. It won't be hard because you've—you've you've probably seen this before. It's basically some grass huts, about ten yards from each other, and the drone is flying over. And you would think, well, there ain't going to be much of a tomorrow club meeting there. But then you see the tomorrow, the kids. Hundreds of them pouring into a tomorrow club. And the interesting mm, factoid in this, I asked Paul Marty, I said, so what's the difference between, say, Ukraine tomorrow clubs and Africa? Well, he said in Ukraine, they really don't know much about anything about Christianity. They're kind of a blank slate. In Africa, the challenge is, They've got some wonky Christianity. There's some paganism, a lot of syncretism in Africa. And so we've got to unwind stuff. Furthermore, there are other challenges. They're getting swamped with kids. I mean, a Tomorrow Club in, in Ukraine, in Eastern Europe, maybe about 30 kids. It averages some 20, some 40. In Africa, it's like 200 it's bonkers. It's so encouraging. If you want to join the Tomorrow Clubs in helping them reach the sweet people in Africa, TomorrowClubs.org slash wretched.
2: Wretch
1: like 1-877-282-BEEP. If you have yourself a
2: question, comment, conundrum, or snark. All right, we start with Sam. Todd, for months I have struggled with jealousy and discontentment, particularly in the area of singleness. Almost everyone in my life has either a girlfriend or boyfriend or spouse. I'm 24 and I have never had a girlfriend and it doesn't look very good for me at my church. There is a lot of jealousy in me. Yeah. I need help to defeat this sin.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, here's the, here's the delicate nature of trying to speak into the life of somebody who's single, who doesn't want to be. It's not wrong to not want to be single. Uh, Singleness is a blessing in that you have more time to serve your local church. So if you're single, you don't get to fritter away the day by watching Netflix or playing video games. Start serving in your local church. That is why you currently have the gift of singleness. I don't, uh, could the gift of singleness be that you don't have the desire? Yeah, it could be. I, I think also though, A strong contender is you have the gift of singleness, that you have the gift of free time, and that you can serve in the local church. So make sure you don't waste your singleness simultaneously. It ain't wrong to desire something not sinful. The challenge, of course, is making sure it stays on the right side of the line of idolatry. So substitute a wife with anything else. Jimmy. I saw you driving in your car, man. I want a car like yours, man. And I'm miserable because I want to see you. I want to be in your car. Okay, that that you go, okay, dude, not wrong to want Jimmy's car or a car like that. But when you need that car, well, then you've gone too far. So we need to be careful that we don't squash a perfectly appropriate desire simultaneously reminding us you just got to watch when a want becomes a need this is James he lays it out for us in James chapter 4 the first few what what is the source of your quarrels and fights you want what you don't have so you murder you go to war now that 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 can be anything when it becomes an idol when it becomes a need so what do you do with this you keep bringing your petition to the lord there's nothing wrong with having that longing but grow in your fulfillment and your satisfaction in Jesus because And look, this is easier said than done. The reality is you and I shouldn't need anything but Christ. We shouldn't need a wife. We shouldn't need a child. Now, we want them. We love them like crazy. But the second that we got to have them, we've just kicked Jesus off of the throne and we've replaced him with an idol who will break your heart. So what do you do? I think you keep growing in your love for Jesus. Keep bringing your burdens to him. Cast them on him because he cares for you. Grow in godliness. Serve in your local church. And finally, Christian Mingle. Dory Harmony. You, it's n- most. I think that the tide has really turned on the issue of online dating. Now, I know there's these garbage apps where it's just the hookup culture. I'm not talking about that. But I remember decades ago... Wait a second. You met on the Internet. That is so common these days. But if you happen to be in a holdout, I don't think there's shame in this. The culture has shifted on you. All of the dynamics of our society that helped a couple get married, find one another, determine compatibility and then get married. It's all shattered. That's why you see even the New York Times saying, hey, guess what's coming back in vogue? Matchmakers. That's right. Yenta is in business again. Why? Because all of the structures that we used to have that helped cultivate a boy and girl getting together to get married, they're gone. It's not embarrassing. It's not shameful to use a good website. They can be a blessing. Please send whatever to idea at org.
2: All right. I'll trade cars with you, Todd. <laughs> this is from josh time the college group at our church hosted a game night where the college youth dressed as men it was fun but what's the implication of women dressing as men
1: yeah that's the,
2: could there okay
1: uh what was the name of the movie jimmy i think you were you you'd been alive for 20 years when tony curtis made a movie in the 50s uh, he dressed up like a girl and Jack Lemmon, Tony Curtis and Jack Lemmon, I think it was called Some Like It Hot. I don't know anything about the movie. I just remember seeing pictures of them. And <laughs> it was funny because back then we just assumed gender distinctions. And it was a joke today because of the blurring of genders, because of the ongoing campaign to erase any gender distinctions. This is a war against God's ordained mm, organizing of society to glorify himself. It's a war on genders. Uh, to play around with it, to participate in it, it's you know it's, it's probably bad form, not wise, doesn't teach anything great. Would I say those people were sinning? No, but I would take us to an admonition of Titus. To old men and young men, be dignified. Be dignified. Dressing up like a girl, putting on lipstick and high heels. Uh, that's a blurring of the lines. It's bad timing and it ain't dignified. Or manly. This is Wretched Radio. Just because Roe v. Wade is overturned, that does not mean the battle for life is over. Would you please consider supporting? Reborn Ministries, providing ultrasounds that genuinely save lives.
0: That ultrasound changed everything for me. It really did. That made it all worthwhile to know that I was going to have a little blessing. And when she got here, it was just, oh my gosh. <laughs>
1: Another woman who chooses life because she saw an ultrasound. Her life, and obviously her baby's life, changed.
0: When I heard her heartbeat, I decided to keep her. And now my daughter's about to be three. I don't know where my life would be without
1: her. The war for life continues to rage. Would you please engage in the battle and support Preborn Centers at preborn.org slash wretched, preborn.org slash wretched.
2: Hey, thanks for listening to Ratchet Radio today. Here's a fun fact. Gino you know Todd also hosts a daily TV program? Yep, that's right. Ratchet TV is a daily 30-minute program containing live witnessing encounters, conversations about tough theological issues, and like a jillion other things. And you can find Ratchet TV pretty much everywhere. It's airing on over 135 Christian TV networks. You'll also find the show on streaming services like Roku, American Gospel TV, Answers in Genesis TV, Amazon Fire TV, and as always, the very trustworthy and reliable, wretched.org. This, of course, is only possible because of our gospel partners. It's through their kindness and generosity and commitment to the gospel that we're able to reach millions of people all over the world every year. And so can I ask you to please pray about partnering with us in our efforts to preach the gospel, equip the saints, and strengthen the local church. You can find out more about becoming a Wretched Gospel partner at wretched.org slash donate.
1: Cool, very cool. The Tomorrow Clubs now have 106 clubs in Romania. This year
0: marks the celebration of the 25th anniversary of our ministry. But also, it is a very important milestone for Tomorrow Clubs
1: Romania. Now, Tomorrow Clubs Romania 106 that means 106 villages are hearing the gospel proclaimed to the kids who get saved they bring the gospel home parents get saved and local churches get strengthened would you please consider supporting the tomorrow clubs not only do they have hundreds of clubs in Romania Ukraine Russia Albania all over Eastern Europe and now in Africa. Would you please consider what might you do to bring the gospel to both Africa and to Eastern Europe? TomorrowClubs.org slash Wretched.
0: Important Dates in Christian History 716 A.D. Boniface, the Apostle of Germany, sets out as a missionary to bring the gospel to pagan lands. As Islam decimated the church in North Africa and the Middle East, Christianity found shelter and thrived in Europe. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel.
1: Can you ever go wrong with amazing grace? Actually, yes. Yes, you can. Now! <laughs> bagpipes! <laughs> A song so strong it can only be taken down by bagpipes. This is Wretched Radio. Questions, comments, conundrums, snarks. Please send them to idea at wretched.org.
2: All right, this one... Go ahead. <laughs> you like that song? Why do you call it bad if you like it so much? Just bagpipes. <laughs> you don't like bagpipes. Oh, You're not no. a bagpipe
1: fan. A friend, I'm not going to mention his name is Tom Hammond, who wrote Solving the God Puzzle and What Time is Purple. He and his wife figure just riddle me this. They actually go, there's some sort of Scottish festival in St. Louis. And he said, you should come sometime because I, I Scottish culture, love it. And I said, hmm, it's it's not actually a Scottish festival. It's more like a bagpipe festival. (laughs) So I'm not going to go to St. Louis to endure bagpipes when I can go to Scotland and just have to put up with them a little bit. Why would I go immerse myself in bagpipes just to experience a little bit of Scottish culture? The answer is I wouldn't. Thank you very much. Who did the bit on bagpipes? Uh, Brian Regan did a bagpipe bit. Okay. Okay, go ahead, Jimmy. I'll be paying full attention while I'm, <laughs> while I'm looking on the YouTube machine for this. Go ahead.
2: From Anonymous. Could it be a long one, please? Okay. From, well, this is actually not a long one, but uh, from Anonymous, was Paul ever baptized? Yes. Next question. Yep. Had <laughs> to a bit.
1: Now, the Bible doesn't give us an account of that. But of course, he was obedient. There's no way that the apostle w- would would avoid the first commandment of the new believer. You got to get baptized. So just because the did did the apostle Jimmy, I got a question for you. Okay. Did the apostle Paul ever cut his toenails? I'm sure. How do you know it's not in the Bible? Well, you know, of course he did. You know, did did the apostle Paul ever take communion? Of course he did. He wrote about it. (laughs) He told the Corinthians how to participate in the table. So undoubtedly he was baptized. Not every detail is is afforded to us in the Bible because apparently we don't need the details. Idea at wretched.org.
2: All right. This is from Samantha. Todd, the more I dig into scripture and hear of false teachers and teachings, the more I find myself being skeptical of everything someone says. Yeah. I'm afraid I'm becoming too critical. How do I find the balance of being a Berean yet receiving things with joy? Well, there's actually two things going on there. One is
1: being too critical. The other one is being skeptical of anybody who's good. You want to continue to be a Berean. You want to continue to have a high regard for the Bible. And your, your smell factor, it should be high. But you should also understand there are levels. There's essential, secondary, tertiary, et cetera. Some people can be off on this or that, and that's okay, as long as it's not essential. So don't stop that. Keep being critical. We are called to always be searching the scriptures to make sure that no matter who it is, what they're saying is biblical. Now, as far as getting that that critical, I don't trust anybody spirit, yeah, you got to war against that. You've got to war against that. You've got to fight to not be... Like, yeah, on everything. So it's a fine balance between keep your filter up, but recognize what level you are dealing with. And if somebody is square on the essentials, just think okay, they're actually a brother. This is a sister. They're just off. For instance, my brother, Tom Hammond, way off on the bagpipe business, but we can still get along. <laughs>
2: Hey, whoever invented the bagpipes? I don't think he's finished yet. Never look at that monstrosity. He must have thought there was a deadline at the patent office. He probably just ran in and threw that on a counter.
0: It's
2: Am I too late? What in the world is that? It's a bag! pipe! I stuck it in
0: it! I stuck the pipes in the bag! Bagpipes!
2: Oh, I see it. Why?
0: What does it do? What does it do? It's a bag with a pipe
2: Stuck it in and I love it out of it! What does it do? Beep. What does it do? Beep. What does it do?
0: Beep. What, is... <laughs> what does it do?
2: How can you tell if anybody's ever playing the well? <laughs> I have a guy over here. Beep. Beep. He's the best.
0: Guys
2: are here. He doesn't know how to play that thing. Stick your elbow more in the bag. Everybody knows that. Hey, you guys are wonderful. Idea at wretched.org. All right. This is from uh, Ryan. Todd. Um, the best way to oh, burn sorry. That and
0: get
1: shredded. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Let's give somebody a free commercial. (laughs) This is from Ryan.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Remember, you're listening to Radio Professionals. Friel, could you have picked a grainier version of Brian Regan's bagpipe bits? The answer is no. You are in good hands here at Wretched Radio.
2: Uh, can uh, you speak to the unpardonable sin? Can blasphemous blasphemous thoughts be forgiven?
1: Yeah, let's. Let, this is one that haunts an awful lot of people. We need to remember the context. I believe you will find Jesus talking about this in context, Mark chapter three. Mark, that's in the New Testament, Todd. Mark chapter three is where we find Jesus talking about the unpardonable sin. The sin against the Holy Spirit. Now, just as a general rule, if it concerns you that you've committed this sin, you probably haven't because people who are committing the unpardonable sin, it is entrenched disbelief when they know it's true. We've got to remember the context of Jesus' admonition here because without it, it could cause us to... um, Perhaps be in a little bit of a panic. So Jesus is doing the selection of the 12. And then in Mark chapter 3, I think it's in Matthew 2. Uh, yep, Matthew chapter 12, it's also found. And the scribes who came down from Jerusalem said, okay, so here's here's what we shouldn't do. Let's just take Jesus' words shall we? Assuredly, I say to you, so I just jump to verse 28. Assuredly, I say to you, all sins will be forgiven, the sons of men, and whatsoever blasphemies they may utter, verse 29. But he who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is subject to eternal condemnation because they said he has an unclean spirit. And we go, oh, what is it exactly I, I've actually had a blasphemous thought. I took God's name in vain. That's blasphemy. Am I out of the kingdom? Context, context, context. Go back to the beginning of the section, and sometimes the section before is helpful. This is verse 22, so, so six verses earlier. And the scribes who came down from Jerusalem said, so they would said something that caused a response from Jesus. So this isn't Jesus standing in the middle of a field, Just kind of dropping this blasphemy against the Holy Spirit bomb. It's in context. He has Beelzebub, they said. By the ruler of the demons, he casts out demons. Now we need to mark what is going on. Jesus is doing miracles. It is unmistakable. This guy is God. They attribute his miracles to Beelzebub. They know that he is the Messiah. They know it. Uh, no, no, he's from Beelzebub. Keep going. So he called them to himself and said to them in parables, how can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, the kingdom cannot stand. If a house is divided, it can't stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and it is divided, he can't stand. No one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man and then he will plunder his house. All of that came before the verse that we read about the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. In other words, the sin of the blasphemy against, the sin of the unpardonable sin, blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, it is knowing that Jesus is Messiah. Having seen his miracles, you reject them. Now, technically, you can't commit that sin because you haven't seen Jesus walking the earth doing miracles. Having said that, what can we still say that there's any unpardonable sin? Yes, it is entrenched, ongoing disbelief. You can't be pardoned if you're committing the unpardonable sin. If you don't have pardon, you're not pardoned. So what is the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit? It's you know, and you won't bend the knee. You can't be forgiven because you don't have forgiveness. But the sin against the Holy Spirit isn't having a streamer thought, saying something blasphemous, even doubting. Remember, doubt isn't disbelief. So don't, don't be in a panic. If you've repented and put your trust in Jesus Christ, albeit imperfectly, you haven't committed that sin. This is Wretched Radio.
2: This is Wretched Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hicks. A Christian teacher who refused to use the transgender pronouns of a student is facing a daily fine if he does not obey a court order which bars him from attending the school that he was fired from. Enoch Burke is his name. He spent 108 days in jail last year for refusing to abide by a court order, and he was officially fired last week by the Church of Ireland's Wilson's Hospital School. Responding to High Court Justice Brian O'More's decision, Burke told reporters that the judge just wants to fine him for the profession of his religious beliefs. Yes, sir, that's exactly what it sounds like. Well, recently, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis claimed a victory regarding the new black AP American history courses in the state of Florida. College Board agreed to revise them to reflect Florida law, which does not allow things like critical race theory or queer theory and must be historically accurate. But that victory seems a little bit short-lived as Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker has just sent a letter to College Board demanding that they keep the AP classes as is and resist the Republican governor's quote, political grandstanding. Pritzker said Illinois will not stand for watering down our nation's history. Maybe not watering down, but Pritzker certainly wants to rewrite our nation's history. And this story, yeah, it's weird, but aren't they all these days? Arizona State University has apparently put a urinal in their women's restrooms that's all that's basically the gist of the story i don't have to share any more details for you to realize yeah that's weird Christian Baker Jack Phillips of Masterpiece Cake Shop in Colorado just lost his appeal in a case surrounding his refusal to bake a cake celebrating a gender transition. A three-judge panel of the Colorado Court of Appeals ruled against Phillips upholding a previous ruling that required Phillips to bake the cake for a transgender woman i think i just moved my business to somewhere else other than colorado a church's pastor and three other christians were killed in sudan earlier this week when suspected islamic terrorists shot them to death four of the victims traveling companions were also wounded when the assailants opened fire on the team at a facility where they were spending the night in sudan's south kordofan state In Open Door's 2023 World Watch List of countries where it's most difficult to be a Christian, Sudan was ranked number 10 up from number 13 last year as attacks on Christians and religious freedom reforms at the national level have increased. And as we tell you nearly daily here at Wretched, please make sure you continue praying for all of our persecuted brothers and sisters abroad. More Wretched Radio straight
0: ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. (laughs) books of the Bible. The book of Job answers the question, why do the righteous suffer? When Job loses everything, his friends blame him. But when Job questions the Lord, he responds, God is sovereign and he is good. His ways are beyond our understanding. When you suffer, know that God is in control. He has his own purposes that you may not understand. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Apparently, we're all going to be annoyed together.
1: Hey! Hey! This is Wretched Radio. I heard that wisecrack, Friel! We're annoyed every time we listen to wretched radio. Why? I, uh, uh, apparently, according to Jimmy, uh, we are going to hear a beep talk that was dialed into 1 282 beep that's agitating.
2: Why? Well, uh, this guy's asking some questions about evangelism requirements for an evangelism class. Okay. And that his wife is taking. And, and it's
1: going to be agitating. I believe you'll be agitated. All righty, let's be agitated together.
2: Hello, Mister. 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 So Mr. far, Mr., so Mr. good. Mr. 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 Uh Real. I got a friend of my wife that uh, is interested in evangelism, so she went to join the evangelism group at their church. And one of their, some of the requirements are kind of questionable. Um, they require you to have a mental state of mind, which I think is good, but
1: what? have a mental state of mind. Yeah. Isn't
2: that a Billy Joel
1: song? What does that have (laughs) to do with it?
2: They also have to require you to do some exercise every day. um, Get your heartbeat to a certain amount and Uh report it to them every day.
1: Wait, is it possible she went to the wrong class? (laughs) She went to the way down (laughs) workshop (laughs) instead of the evangelism. Mystery solved.
2: And if you miss any days... You get a strike. You get three strikes for something like that. You're out. Does this sound right? What are the requirements to be an evangelist, or like to do evangelism?
1: You got to know the law and the gospel. There's the requirement and everybody can play their part. I, I don't know what's going on with the heartbeat and the exercise <laughs> and whatever else they've got attached to it. If you don't find those in the Bible, well, they're probably man-made. In this instance, it's frankly, it sounds strange that I would actually ask, excuse me, can you just, I've got my Bible, tell me where to open it up, that my heart rate needs to be at a certain level and I need to report it every day, otherwise I'm not fit to be obedient to the Great Commission. Can you... Where does this come from? What's going on? Now, this 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 might not be the case. It could be an outlier. It could be somebody in the church. The pastor has no idea that they are, they're attaching physical fitness <laughs> requirements to speaking the gospel to somebody. But it could, it could, might possibly be an indicator. Um, is there other wonky stuff going on sometimes in a church? When you see something that's, well, bordering on kind of bizarre, remember, first response is, hmm, I don't understand. Second response is, hmm, I'm going to find out before I judge. And as I go, three, I'm going to be putting the best construction on it, assuming that the person who is teaching the class, they once had a heart attack when they were evangelizing and they don't want you to suffer the same fate. So they've attached the And the pastor doesn't know the elders don't know, but if it's an indicator of other things, um, sometimes we should pursue these things, always putting the best construction on it. Don't assume the worst, but sometimes you do want to find out what's going on there. Jimmy. Yes. What heartbeat do we have to have exactly? (laughs) Oh, I know. Just a beating one. No, no, no. I know. Your heart needs to beat. If if you are going to evangelize, I got this sorted, Jimmy. Okay. 2,819 beats per day.
2: Two thousand eight hundred and nineteen beats per day. Mm-hmm. Why? Matthew twenty eight
1: nineteen is the oh, Great Commission. 877
2: one eight seven
1: seven two eight two.
2: Hello. If I have a friend who is not a Christian and she is married to someone who is not a Christian. Is
1: there any reason that I, as a Christian, should encourage her not to get divorced if her marriage is going poorly? Or since she and her husband are not Christians, do those morals not apply? That's a great question. No, you you should be encouraging them to stay together and to figure out a way to make that happen. And I think you should do that lovingly as you can. But keep in mind, you cannot give them genuine biblical principles and expect that to help them. Now, you can give them some more generic advice like, hey, it's really good to forgive one another and not keep a long list. Okay, well, that's just good advice. It is based on a biblical truth, but it doesn't have the biblical power. Why should you forgive? How can you forgive? Do you know how many times she's clipped her nails with the bathroom door open? How can I pause? They can't. They don't have a source. There's no well. For them to drop their bucket of forgiveness into to find a way to overcome all the slights, the sins, the annoyances that are bound to happen when two sinners say, I do. So you can give them some advice and some encouragements. I would actually also use it as an opportunity to evangelize. But if you could just hold on one second, Jimmy, just hold on. You're good today. Yeah, my heart's right on pace. Okay. So I can say this. You say, um, friends, I I, I can tell you, I, I, I know why your marriage is struggling, and I know the solution to it. Marriage is probably not what you think it is. Marriage, despite the popular understanding, it's not about you being happy. It's not about the other person never doing anything to agitate you. Marriage is God's concept, and it has many purposes. Pleasure, partnership, procreation, but it also paints a picture. That's right. I just alliterated some advice to some pagans. It's a picture of the gospel of Jesus and the church. And honestly, until you are born again, you will struggle. You might be able to make it, but you're going to struggle. Could I please share the gospel with you so that you can understand why this institution even exists, that you might get saved, be forgiven of your sins, and then have the ability to forgive others because you've been forgiven so much more. That's what you need in your home. So yeah, I think you should be cheering for their marriage. Help them if you can. Evangelize them if your heartbeat is correct that day. But. Don't encourage them to get divorced. Now, if there's physical abuse, she should be separated. But I would say that unless the biblical principles still apply to pagans, because remember, when a pagan gets married, they get married in the eyes of God. They do. God sees it as a marriage that is is that that is to be till death do them part. Now, if one of them commits adultery, if if, if one of them abandons ship, okay, then you could I wouldn't even say encourage it, but make it an option. But otherwise, I'd be encouraging them to stay together because God hates divorce, even when it's to pagans.
2: God I had a question for you. Is ambition sinful? For instance, I manage an algebra business for a fairly large company, but I'm always looking for things. Man, could I make some more kind of with a small business on the side for myself and my family?
1: But um, then my mind's taken off of my boss's business because I'm looking into and thinking about a small business
2: for myself. Is that type of ambition wrong?
1: Jimmy, if you could, I just need, I need to get into characters because I'm I'm going to play two characters, both have ambition, character. Number one, do I need to check my heartbeat for this? Uh,
2: well, it depends on if you're. You I'm know, not evangel- going to evangelize. Okay, no, so you're I th- good.
1: I think I can have high cholesterol. Here we go. Character <laughs> number one. Yeah, I could make more money, and I could take more vacations, and I can own more stuff than my neighbor. Yes, I'm going to start a business. That's character number one. Character number two. Lord, I see some opportunities where if I apply the skills that you've given to me, I could increase my take-home pay for the sake of my family, that that they might live a a, a lifestyle uh, that isn't as hard as it currently is. And I, it would even be so great uh, to be able to leave an inheritance. And furthermore, Lord, if, if I can make more money, I can give more money to my local church. I, I can support kingdom work more. So I, I, I'm I'm gonna go forward with this opportunity. Um, please stop me, grant me wisdom in this decision, help me receive counsel from other people and let me do this for your glory. If you're character number one, uh, ambition is bad. If you are character number two, ambition is not necessarily a dirty word. <laughs>
2: Hey, Todd, I have Ray Comfort's Evidence Study Bible and R. G. Sproul's Reformation Study Bible, but since I do not yet have the John MacArthur Study Bible, can you please explain the scripture of whatever you
1: find on earth will be bound in heaven vice versa? Can you please explain that for sure. with apologetics for my Roman Catholic friends that I work
2: with? Thank you.
1: <laughs> I do believe that we have a video on that subject also, but... Uh, basically, what we the decisions that we make in church discipline context, if we determine, hey, that person needs to be set outside, we're simply echoing the um, decision, the judgment that has already been rendered in heaven. It's not special power to forgive sins. It is binding and loosing in the context of church discipline. This is Wretched Radio. For your consideration, not one but two ways that you could strengthen the local, global church, the Master's Academy International, training men in Los Angeles who then return to their home countries and open up mini-seminaries to train pastors in their native land. That strengthens the local church. But there's another way you can do just that we are partnering with the masters academy international to send bibles to the philippines not just any bible macarthur study bibles to believers in tmai trained churches these efforts strengthen the local church would you please consider how many bibles you might send how many seminaries you might support overseas. To learn more, visit wretched.org slash pastor or if you like the Bible sending idea, wretched.org slash Bible.
2: Transformed, the podcast with Dr. Greg Gifford is already a hit with literally thousands of listeners and subscribers in the first two weeks of its existence. If you haven't heard the Transform podcast just yet, here is what you've been missing. How do we change? Our focus has to stay on Christ and not the sin that so easily entangles us. New episodes drop every Saturday morning with Dr. Gifford tackling issues we all encounter, but he uses only the Bible as the sad Transformed in all of our resources are only possible because of the generosity of our gospel partners. If you're not already a gospel partner, I would encourage you head over to wretched.org slash donate right now and get the answers that you're likely looking for on what it means to be a wretched gospel partner. That's wretched.org slash donate and check out the transformed podcast, transformed.org slash podcast or anywhere podcasts are heard.
1: Yes, you're busy, but I suspect you could spare two minutes if it saved you $500 a month. Please call MediShare for 120 seconds. They will give you a quote on affordable biblical health sharing, an alternative to health insurance. You get free telehealth services, a huge network of doctors, customer support, people Praying for you and 400,000 members sharing one another's health burdens. That is what MediShare is about. And on average, you will save, whether you are a single or a family, $500 per month. It will take you two minutes to make a phone call and find out how you could be saving and have peace of mind. Got two minutes? Call 844-34-BIBLE. 844-34-BIBLE.
0: Titles of Christ In the Bible, Jesus is given many titles that teach us about who He is and what He has done. Jesus is called our Passover. During the first Passover, God spared those whose doors were covered with the blood of a lamb. When we trust in Christ, we are covered by His blood, so that we are spared from God's wrath. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel.
1: (laughs) Somebody thinks I biffed it. (laughs) Imagine that this is Wretched Radio. What?
2: (laughs) I just said that you missed a big part of the previous question. That is
1: impossible. I'm a talk show host. I can't make a mistake. That's true. That's true. but
2: the, I may have been recoiling from the bagpipes and missed something, but <laughs> short of that, I don't... <laughs> the uh, question about ambition, is ambition sinful? I think uh, a big portion of the question you did not address. Huh. Yeah. I just said there's sinful ambition. There's non-sinful ambition. Wasn't that the question? Well, yeah, kind of. And you're absolutely right with your answer. But there was another part of the question.
1: Okay, no matter, no matter. Okay, so I'll play this thing, but I'm just warning you in advance. Uh I am right. Okay. Because I am a talk show host. I
2: had a question for you. Is ambition sinful? For instance, I manage an algebra business for a fairly large company, but I'm always looking for things, man, could I make some more kind of with a small business on the side for myself and my family?
1: Why? That, that, that's... he yes, me
2: if it's sinful. That's what I answered, exists. Edith. You're right. And you were right with your answer, but keep going. Oh. But um, then my mind's taken off of my boss's business because oh. I'm looking into oh. and thinking about a small business for myself. Is that type of ambition wrong?
1: Yeah, it was the bagpipes. I miss that. It is. (laughs) Because that ain't ambition. That would actually be stealing. You owe your industry to your employer. And if you are taking time to think about your interests and not his or hers, then you are stealing from your boss. Ephesians talks about this. Colossians talks about this. We are. Titus talks about this. We are to be great workers. Now, first... Titus, no, no, 1 Peter 2. We are to be great workers. We are to be the best workers. We should be the ones that the boss turns to and goes, that one. I don't want to lose that one. And if you are using his dime to get more dimes for yourself, um, then you're then you're stealing and you need to set it aside until you got some free time. Or, in fairness, without being a legalist, if there are times during the day where it's generally accepted that you can be thinking other thoughts, fine. But if it is if it is limiting your performance, you could be doing more for him or her. Then you just gotta do it during your own free time.
2: Are we happy now? We are very happy now.
1: Thank you. Well, I'm glad you're happy because I suspect in about a minute I'm not going to be.
2: Making church signs. You know you love you love our signs. You know you love, it. You, love our signs. you know you love, you love our signs. straight from the Know just what he'd say. I like, go oh, maybe come down there. So then we put it on the freeway. Three. I Three. got a church sign. <laughs> Everybody's <was> gone.
1: <laughs> hey
2: Mr. T, I got a church sign for you You can't spell adventure without advent.
1: Oh, I pity that church. Hi-oh, Mr. T. <laughs> Mr. Yeah. T. Yeah. You can't spell adventure without Advent. Yeah. Well, at least they're liturgical. At <laughs> least they've got some sort of church calendar of which I am a fan. I don't think that it should become a legalistic system. I don't think that it should become formally dead Because we are so, this is what we do this week, this is what we do this week, this is what we do that week. Uh, I I don't think we need to be strict adherers to a weekly church calendar, but shouldn't we be preparing for the big stuff? It seems to me that we have a biblical precedent in the book of Psalms, the Psalms of Ascent. When they were walking up to Jerusalem, they were singing psalms in preparation for Passover Jesus, by the way, probably sang a psalm of ascent on the night he was betrayed. So I think getting our hearts ready and having a church calendar to do that, Advent, I miss that. I have to confess to you, going on Wednesday uh, to prepare your heart. If I recall, historically, Advent actually was broken into two weeks, two weeks. Two weeks were the second coming, and then the next two weeks were the first coming or vice versa. It was to prepare your heart like, come the long-expected prophet. And I think we miss something when we don't have advent... I was going to say adventure! See what the guy did to me? We don't need adventure. But advent ain't a bad idea.
2: (laughs) Sign. Can
1: at it's a tax church sign. <laughs> it's, it so is. So relevant. It is. And season. so timely. It's not a bad message. <laughs> 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 it's not, I've heard worse.
2: Church sign. This one's a uh, special effects true sign. It's digital uh, scrolling board, cool. but it's glitchy and blank. Then the word "broken" comes up. So are we?
1: Uh, we're a mess, just like this sign is. So come on in. Actually, okay, that particular presentation. Um. Okay, they're not heretics, but I don't mind the message of letting people know uh, we, we are not yet perfected here. We are an island of misfit toys. We are broken. We are all struggling in our own ways. Mistake. Do not make this mistake. We do it all the time. We think that, that people that we maybe see on YouTube the the Christian preacher, oh, well, I'll bet their kids don't give them any trouble. I'll bet they do. Well, I'll bet they don't have the heartache I have. Oh, I'll well, bet they have. Because every family has issues. Every Christian has issues. We've all got sins we need to mortify. We trip, we stumble, we fall. We're not what we should be. I don't hate that message. Now, I don't think that that should be like the leading message of a church. But letting visitors know or people who are seeking to come to church or checking out your church to know, uh, don't worry, we're not going to walk around here like a bunch of stuffed shirts thinking we have it all together. That ain't the worst thing in the world.
2: Church sign. America,
0: the donkey and elephant won't help. We must turn back to the lamb.
1: I like that better than the tax deduction (laughs) thing. Because both of them, they're like current contemporary references. All right, can God count you as a deduction? What was it? Uh, Can he claim you as a dependent? (laughs) (laughs) But I like this one better. It's got a little snap. Don't look to a political party to save you. You need Jesus. You need the lamb to save you. Furthermore, please do not put your hope in horses and chariots. They're going to disappoint you, and aren't they doing that plenty these days? Be careful. Don't not. Yeah, that was a double negative. Don't not be aware of politics. Participate. But please, don't let it tip your balance scale of where the priorities lie. It is sharing the gospel.
2: Church sign, Redbud, Arkansas. Go hang with Jesus. No.
1: No. Come hang with Jesus because he hung for you or something like that? Yeah, that's what he said. Anything that deals with the redemptive work of our Savior, uh, tiptoe lightly.
2: Church sign. I have lived in this community for a very long time, and I don't—
1: That's a long church sign. Oh, that was the preamble.
2: I <laughs> think that this church has ever changed its sign. Rim of the World Community Church, service at 1030. Jesus Christ
0: is King doesn't get any better than that, right? That's just
1: simple. That's clear. And you know what? In an odd sense, I like that it is not constantly changing. Do you recall the sociological studies that were done? Not that we do church based on sociologists, but they found that people who left a church that had some formality and some patterns that were established where you would go and you you would know what you were going to get. The expectations were set because, well, that's what we always did every single week. They tend to come back more as opposed to the churches where it's, you know, new and snappy every single week because people, they get comforted by that. Now, I'm not saying that's why we should do church a certain way, although I do think we need to jettison the constant being relevant and never singing the same song twice or wanting to sing that old dead stuff. Uh, that that I that I think should go, but we should also know that when it is constant, when it's consistent, people come back because it's comforting to them, and that church sign could qualify for that kind of
2: comfort. Church sign, life is a jigsaw puzzle, and Jesus is a missing piece. Ooh.
1: Now, first of all, no. Second of all, no. Third of all, no. He's not the missing piece. He's the sovereign getting line. okay, wait a second. You're a Jenga puzzle and you're all jumbled up and only Jesus can get you straightened out. He's not a part. This is that Christian dualism that is so prevalent. Hey, check out Jesus. Hey, Jesus will make your golf swing better. Hey, he's the missing piece. What? he's everything and he should be the one who dictates controls and determines how we live breathe and have our being he's not an add on he's not a tack on to life this is so neoplatonic we do, well jesus just a little piece over here otherwise the rest of your life is this big puzzle over there and they really don't have much to do with one another um yeah the the okay if okay let me see if this works if, if you if you your life is a puzzle the image should be jesus christ until tomorrow go serve your king